In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Marij Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi, salli ala nabiyika daiman li hadhi dunya wa basin Assalamu alaikum. My name is Haris Chaudhary and you are listening to The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts. Uh, on the line with me today is Imam Farhan Iqbal Saab. Uh, Imam Saab, how are you doing today? I'm great. Jazakallah. So today's topic is going to be on the, on the theme of altruism. That is, if we are to use the dictionary definition, the unselfish regard for or the devotion to the welfare of others and for example somebody who is altruistic is somebody who uh, displays or acts in a manner that they are always looking to serve and better the lives of the people around them so in islam we have uh, several examples uh, from the life of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and from other early followers of Islam. And so I would like to ask you, to, if you could uh, narrate some examples and so that we can gain a good understanding of how to engage in altruistic behavior. Imam Sab? Yeah, this is, uh, this is something that is uh, a big uh, question nowadays. You know, we, we live lives that are so comfortable nowadays. I mean, uh, the kind of lives that uh, even uh, even the great kings uh, five, six, seven hundred years ago were not living the kind of lives that we live. I mean, there's so much, at least in the in the West or in the first world country, countries, there's so much convenience, so much so much modernity, so much technology, as we have been talking in the last two episodes, so much convenience, mm-hmm. um, and and we we uh, there's this gap between our lifestyles and the lifestyle of uh, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and other prophets, who 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 tended to lead, lead very austere lifestyles. Um, you know, and before I give an example from the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, I uh, just wanted to emphasize the, the kind of lives that we, we live are very different. I, I personally uh, uh, had a chance to live in uh, Ghana for a very short period of time and spend, uh, some, spend some time in the literally the wilderness, as, <laughs> as the Bible calls these places, the wilderness, living out uh, in the open mm-hmm. and uh, in, in a village setting where there's almost no technology, there's no electricity, there's no running water. Right. And you're living in that environment. And what does that feel like? And and you know what? Honestly, uh, the, some things in those environments that I had to do made me understand some traditions, some ahadith about Prophet Muhammad much better because I was in that environment uh, where I got to understand where these things were coming from. And, and it was a very personal experience. And... Um, very interesting experience, and I encourage other people to, you know, if uh, they can also try and get out of this lifestyle and go and live there 
even for a very short period of time, um, it would make them realize uh, the blessings that they have. I mean, just having a, a shower, for instance, having running water uh, fall um, on us, but being poured on us through the sh- through the shower mm-hmm. is is such a blessing. It's such a it's, it's such a great uh, thing to have, and we all have that in this uh, modern lifestyle. We have so much cleanliness. Cleanliness itself is such a huge thing because in in our lifestyles we have the washrooms well built and we have everything well built where. Everything around us is so clean, something that that wasn't uh, possible a uh, thousand years ago, two thousand years ago for most people. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and in that, uh, you know, that, that there's this great uh, sometimes people have anxiety, frankly, uh, when they're living this lifestyle. How does uh, how do we live this lifestyle uh, even though we are Muslims and we have Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, regarding him, uh, you know, Hazrat Umar has this narration that once he went to to meet Prophet Muhammad and uh, there was nothing in his room. There was uh, there was there was one or one or two small utensils and then there was this mat on the floor uh, and he was sleeping on this mat and Hazrat Umar comes in and, and uh, Prophet Muhammad, I think, turns and Hazrat Umar uh, could see the, the back of Prophet Muhammad, which had markings or what would you say, um, the impressions um, yeah. based on, yeah, because of the mat uh, that he was lying on. And Hazrat Umar became very emotional and he said, Oh, Prophet, how can you be living in this state when the great kings, uh, uh, the the king of Persia and the king of the Byzantine Empire, they're living in such a lavish lifestyle. Look at you. You are the real king of the world. And Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that, uh, you know, I'm just... I'm just like a traveler in this. And this is, the, I think, the core of our discussion today, that there's this narration of Prophet Muhammad where he says that he's just a traveler. He says, I'm just a traveler who has taken shade under a tree. You know, when a traveler is, is traveling from one place to another and he takes shade under a tree, that's the equivalent of this entire life experience. Uh, Prophet Muhammad is saying that our life, our entire life is just like, you know, a pause right there's an impermanence to it yes the impermanence and uh so in light of uh, all these things uh you know um how do we balance that and how do we live a quote unquote muslim life or muslim lifestyle in in this day and age when we have so much convenience around us i mean is is that what we're trying to i think that's what we're trying to discuss today right? yeah i mean like I feel like there's a large amount of disquiet in modern society and modern culture as well. And we see that reflected in these sorts of activities or the sorts of um, alternatives, quote unquote, alternative uh, approaches to life that seem to emerge. There's, you know, in recent years, there's been a huge increase in people doing, you know, um, things that we would associate with mindfulness or meditation. Some people do yoga. Some people do go to retreats or, you know, engage in like meditation. If you're ever on YouTube, you'll probably see lots of ads for um, some, you know, guided meditation companies or anything like that. And there's a lot of people who, you know, are trying their life. In fact, that's a big thing. And almost if you go to any self-help section of any big bookstore, 
there'll be a lot of books around, you know, how to declutter or how to simplify your life, because one of the issues that kind of people feel that they have is too many things, and because there's too many of them, you lose sight of the important ones. And so it's very sometimes some people find it very important to strip away as much as possible to have a you know what you can describe as a minimalist sort of life, because that reinforces the important things to you. And one of those important sort of behavioral things is the the importance of behaving with other people that makes you. A better person and makes your presence, however transient it is in this world, a better one for everybody around you. Yeah, I mean,、uh, what happens is that uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, where do we draw the line? I mean,、uh, I think that's the big question. Like,、uh, uh, you know, there are there are extremists in in the secular world. There are extremists. Views on this.、Uh, some say that we should spend our entire lifestyles helping the poor and providing for the poor, and give up、mm-hmm. everything and all our luxuries, and go and live out with those people. I mean, there are people out there who argue for that. They, 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 they want. They think morality is that they, we should just dedicate our entire lifestyles. Uh, to helping the poor and 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 not、um, uh, spending anything on our own selves or for our own、uh, luxuries, and then there are those、uh, who are on the other end of the spectrum who don't want to、uh, spend anything on uh, on uh, uh, on helping the poor, and and they 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 think that、uh, life is just about our own selves. And again, like we we were talking about greed last time. Um, right. You know, forget about anyone else. Just focus on your own self, and just go with、uh, supporting your own self. Concerned about your own family, maybe, but that's it. And 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 so that's the other end of the spectrum. And I think what Islam does in this in this、uh, tension that we have between two extremes. Right. Islam says, take the middle path. Right, Islam says that don't be the the guy who has who doesn't want to spend anything on anyone else. Don't be Scrooge McDuck, essentially. Right, right. Don't don't be like that, and don't be、um, so extreme that you you don't want to help anyone. And on the other end of the spectrum, where the it says that give up everything and 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 just start helping the poor, that's something that Islam. Can tolerate, but Islam is not directly saying that you have to do that. Islam is not saying the religion of Islam is not saying that you have to give up everything and just start helping the poor. I mean, what about yourself? The 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 nafs that we have, the body that we have, has a right to our, you know, is being granted to us by God and taking care of our own bodies and taking care of other people around us. Right, you have responsibility to the certain things in your life, and and that's not a bad thing either. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if 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 a person Uh, has children, for instance, he has a responsibility to those children. He he can't say that okay, 
have I have children, even though they have the opportunity to study in Harvard, to study in Oxford, study in the great universities in the West, I'm just not going to let that happen. I'm not going to spend that money on them. I'm just going to go and, and start helping the poor. That would be another extreme, I think, where you are you have the opportunity to provide good ed- education for your children. And you're neglecting that and you're saying, no, I'll just go out there and do this. So where where does Islam draw the line? I think Islam draws the line um, um, in in the middle somewhere. I mean, in, in, in the sense that you, you, you help the poor to the extent you can help the poor, but not at the expense of losing sight of your responsibilities. Um, right. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not a hard line that Islam has drawn that uh, this is what uh, is the limit. But Islam is saying, um, don't forget your responsibilities. So it actually just comes down to the question that the Quran has also raised, uh, you know, what should we spend in the way of Allah? The Quran has asked this question, what should we spend in the way of Allah? And, um, uh, you know, uh, the Quran responds to the same question by saying that you spend out of whatever extra you have for yourselves. I mean, and again, that's not a hard line, right? As some, it can be different for different people. Right. It's deliberately, it's deliberately contextual in that you're... Exactly. It's relative to your circumstances. And right. um, one, uh, one uh, uh, you, if you want to really draw a, a clear line in our, in our Jamaat, in, our, in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we say mm-hmm. that if you're spending one-tenth of your income uh, in the way of in the way of God, whatever income you have, and you say ten percent should be dedicated in the way of God, uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the the reward for that is paradise. God says right. that if you are spending that much, you know the prom- to the promised Messiah, he set up the system which is called wasiyat. Um, yes, uh, you, you know, and 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 wasiyat is so amazing. It says if you spend one tenth of your income in the way of God, then the promise for you is paradise. So there mm-hmm. is that you know if if you really are looking for that line, you can you can you can draw that line for yourself and say okay, ten percent of whatever I earn, I'll give it in the way of God. However, it needs to be spent. And um, uh, you know what is the what if I, what if I want to spend uh, one ninth, one eighth? Yes, you can. In fact, in uh, in a hadith, it is mentioned that the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him went to meet this person and he wanted to spend everything in the way of God and uh, the prophet said no you you, you can't you can't uh, you can't do that that's too much and uh, I think he said half of what I, I whatever I have I want to spend in the way of God and he said no uh, and then he said one third and the prophet said that one third is also too much but I will let you have that right so so in 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 Vasiyat, we have the limit on one third so if you really, mm-hmm. really want to spend everything you have, the ma- the maximum you can do is one third in the way of God, but not more than that, because the remainder you need for yourself and for your family or for whomever you're responsible for. Right. Actually, one of the one of the side benefits that I've found when we see it is that because you're automatically bookmarking ten percent of your earnings away for causes outside of yourself. You kind of um, it essentially forces you to think of and to consider all your spending in that context, and also encourages you then to be more efficient and be better 
at managing your own money because you're constantly aware of that. And also one of the sort of tools that a lot of financial advisors try to instill in people is that they should try to automate as many of their savings as possible. And I think that's, I think even like the example you've given of Asit is that if you're automatically, you know, automatically putting aside a certain amount all the time, it builds discipline in yourself, but it also allows you to essentially do good on autopilot, which is, which is actually really good, which is, you know, a good thing overall. Yeah, it piles up and uh, over time uh, you realize that you have spent a lot. I mean, uh, when we do that and we spend that much and at the end of the year we get a statement of all the contributions that we have made, it is just amazing that over time it just piles up and it builds up and uh, and you realize that you have given a lot in the way of God. And that's that's a good thing. I mean, uh, that's a good thing, uh, especially if, if for, for people who are in, in, in first world countries and uh, they're earning a lot and 10% of what they're earning actually amounts to sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars by the end of the year or even millions of dollars by the end of the year. And right. um, and that's that's uh, that's a great contribution to 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 give. So Islam has provided that balance, you know. I mean, between two extremes, and it is not that uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was living a very austere lifestyle. That's true, because he did not have the habit of collecting anything or hoarding any any wealth that 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 he had. I mean, his wife was a businesswoman and she had a lot of wealth, but he spent all of it in the way of God. Uh, right. And 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 uh, you know and and I want to make this point clear that when 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 we uh, generally speaking, if if you want to give uh, make a make a will, uh, the maximum you could do is one third. But during your lifetime, if if you want to spend whatever you have in the way of God, you can actually do that as long as you're not overlooking or neglecting your duties to your to people who, for whom you're responsible for. Right. And in the case of Prophet Muhammad, he did that. He took care of all uh, family members and, um, uh, you know, whatever wealth he did get, he would distribute it among his family members. But he kept almost nothing for his own needs, for his own self. Uh, he would always just spend it on others, spend it on others. Um, but having said that, you know, th that doesn't mean that if uh, certain people are very rich, some right. people have this uh, have this ability to really easily, and they're, they're smart, they're brilliant uh, in business. And there are names in among the Sahaba also. We have, mm -hmm. uh, we have Hazrat Usman, for instance. Yes. He's known as Hazrat uh, uh, Usman the Ghani. The Ghani means uh, someone who is self-sufficient and very rich, mm -hmm. right? One meaning of that is he's, he's, he's very, he's very well off. Right. And, 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 and he, he wasn't dependent on, on, on anyone else. And he, he was, uh, he was, he, he had a lot of wealth. Then we have the example of Hazrat uh, Abdul Rahman bin Auf. Um, may God be pleased with him. He was very, uh, uh, one of the very uh, rich uh, companions and, you know, his wealth went into hundreds of thousands of dollars compared to even today's currency mm -hmm. and uh, he left a lot of wealth in fact when when he died um, for his for his uh, dependents to inherit right. so we have those examples as well so it depends right uh, it, the, the the circumstances the uh, context in which you are and uh, how you want to lead uh, that life and islam gives you that flexibility to choose how you want to go and uh, in this case islam says that uh, if you want to um, 
if you want to earn money and if you're good at earning money, that's fine. As long as you are spending a portion of that in, in, in the way of God. And as Usman, as Abdul Rahman bin Auf, and all the other rich right. companions, they spend a lot of money, uh, so a lot of wealth in, in the way of God. And if, if you're doing that, um, and one last point I wanted to make is that the Quran also talks about this. I couldn't pull up the uh, exact verse, but it's in Surah Nur. Um, it says that men who are such that the buying and selling does not cause them to forget Allah. Right. Right. The Quran very clearly says that there are men who uh, who are such that the buying and selling of and, and trade and other things does not cause them to forget about Allah. So if if Allah is 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 there and is 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 is, is in their mind and they're remembering Him, they're mm-hmm. doing everything with taqwa and righteousness. Um, then whatever buying and selling they want to do, and even if it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. It's okay. It's allowed. It's not something that is uh, that is that would be looked right. I mean, as it, something that is bad. Yeah, like well, wealth doesn't inherently make you a bad person or anything like that. It's not a value judgment. It's just it is what it is. But it's important, I guess, to it's how you it, handle uh, it. And exactly it, yeah. right. It's important yeah. to have that discipline. That there be it that uh, you know the this that taqwa to have that mentality that you cannot forget the important things regardless of whatever else is going on as well i suppose yes exactly right and so on that note uh thank you all for listening uh this has been the conviction project where we leave you with no questions i've been your host Haris Chaudhary. thank you and we'll see you next time Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Salli ala nabiyyina, salli ala Muhammadin, salli ala habibina, 